Welcome to the Button Chops Podcast, the podcast where two miserable millennials from Northern England talk video games. My name's Chris. And my name's Matthew. And in our first ever episode, we're going to be asking, what's the crack with Cyberpunk 2077? One of the most anticipated games ever, Cyberpunk 2077 is a futuristic sci-fi action RPG based on the pen and paper game Cyberpunk, created by Mike Pondsmith. The release of the game was chaotic, eventually launching after multiple delays and causing a huge stir by virtue of the fact the game was riddled with bugs, especially so with the console version, who many have said was basically unplayable. It was made by Polish studio CD Projekt Red, who developed The Witcher 3, which is considered one of the greatest games of all time. And I'm actually playing it for the first time at the minute. Uh, You've played it a couple of times now, haven't you? Yeah, I've played it twice over the years. I reckon I played it when it came out and I played halfway through like three years ago, maybe two years ago. Mm. And you love it, don't you? Yeah, well, it was good at the time, but like, like as, as we've discussed recently, it's like skating around on ice. Yeah, <laughs> it literally is. It's like a, it's like a medieval roller disco. Ice rink simulator. <laughs> <laughs> it, it literally makes me nauseous play. I, to be fair, I was playing it some more last night. This is my first playthrough. I've finally started to warm to it. It's like 20 hours in. It took me to, to start to get it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just into like the Novigrad bit. Yeah. The minute the landscape changed from being like a big brown and green landmass full of children pretending to like walk on tightropes to being like a city with people in it, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, you've got you still you still got more to get though. Yeah, well, it's like I you haven't even got that far. I know. Into it. Well, I'm like it's twenty hours. It's I'm twenty hours in, but it, like people are saying the main story is like sixty hours, and I'm right at the start, so I must have wasted a shitload of time just doing fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't actually finish the. Uh, the DLC. Mm. So I, I think I started Blood and Wine, um, but I didn't. I, I checked one of those like PlayStation wrapped things. I don't know if they do that anymore, but they did it a couple of years ago. And I remember it saying that I played The Witcher for like 140 hours. And I was like, I didn't even finish it, technically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, Got- yeah. There's the, I, I kind of have to compartmentalize when it comes to that sort of thing because I get freakishly completionist and I'm like, I need to finish this. But like when I was playing Dark Souls 2, for example, there was one boss that I just, I just quit. I was like, fuck this. I don't care. And it mm. was really, it was really difficult at first admitting to myself that I wasn't actually going to technically compete Dark Souls 2 <laughs> because I couldn't beat this last boss. So yeah, yeah. I think if you've beaten the main quest of the story, like you've beaten the game, you know what it yeah. is. Yeah. The DLC came back later, and actually, the Witcher DLC like must have taken. I think it taken took them about two years to get out. Classic CD Projekt mm. Red. They probably had to spend uh, all their time and- cleaning all the bugs out of the game before. So, <laughs> my God, yeah. yeah, which is what they're going to spend the next couple of years doing with Cyberpunk. Yeah, they were. Pu- I heard they were pulling in uh, the toilet sweeps and stuff. They're pulling in the cleaners from the offices. <laughs> well, I'm getting, getting them to get them into the- <laughs> Getting them, to, getting them to come up with new monsters. <laughs> to literally all hands on deck. We have to get all of the staff who work at the company. Like, excuse, excuse me, have you ever read any fiction? Uh, yeah, yes, sir, I have read fiction. I'm just trying to sweep the toilets up. Oh, no, it's all right. Uh, you go back to the toilets, but after you finish the toilets, would you mind staying overtime eight hours to finish this monster design? <laughs> There we have it. That's that's the state of the modern games industry. Fifty percent of the staff yeah, yeah. on Cyberpunk yeah. were toilet cleaners. <laughs> it didn't come. Out, it didn't come out for like I think maybe like at least a year and a half. I reckon after the mm. Witcher's main thing. So I'd already finished it, and then by the time they brought it back, you know, when you sort of feel like you haven't played something in a while, and you can't. I can't just pick up like a story that I'm sort of halfway through when the the DLC was sort of an extension of the story, even though they sold they sold the DLC as like a potential like standalone, where if you hadn't played the main the main campaign, you yeah. could buy it still and then s- start a character at like level thirty, I think. But then you've like lost like all of the items, like the Witcher gear and stuff like that that you can pick up. I was a bit like, why would you do that? So I, I insisted that I started again, which might be where I got my hours, actually. I think we might. So I started again. I started again just so, just so I could be like, I know what uh, what roads Geralt went down half I an think, hour ago. I think we've solved how you put 140 hours into The Witcher. 
It was an important detail that you left out. Just, just... I started the game again. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, back to Cyberpunk. Um, I think people were expecting that this was going to be The Witcher 3, but set in a futuristic cyberpunk night city. That's the setting of the game. Um, so you've you've played it. I haven't played it. Uh, the minute the minute the reviews came out and uh, they were talking all about the glitches, I got really excited and was like, "Oh, that'll be really funny." I'll get, I'll get some. I'll make some glitch videos and put them on YouTube. But but now I'm kind of like, no, fuck that. I'm not. I'm not spending fifty quid on a half finished product. But um, you were gifted it for your birthday, right? Yeah, I was. I was literally just about to say. I almost feel a bit bad potentially defacing it. In this, in this, uh, in this podcast, but yeah, my mate bought me it for my birthday, my housemate. Uh, and to be fair, he's about two hours into it, and he's he's given up. Yeah, he just picks really? it up and complains about the driving and puts it down. Uh, but I'm I'm right at the end. I haven't finished it yet. Mm. But, um, I'm at the point of no return. But there's a couple of new side quests coming up that I want to I want to finish, which is you know it says that all about the game. There is like a pull there for sure. Yeah, but. For me, like uh, it's a massive disappointment. Even if I was moderately excited, it's mm. a massive disappointment. It's you were like, pretty, you were pretty excited for it, though. Yeah, I, I remember telling telling you about it like years ago when I first saw the gameplay video that came out. It's like the hour long like apartment section. I watched the gameplay video uh, at yours. Yeah, yeah, that was where <laughs> I first heard about it. I was like, watch this. It's like fifty minutes long, but like honestly, watch it. It's going to be well good. Uh, and even at that point, to be fair, I remember before like seeing like the cinematic trailer. I remember the first trailer where it was like the uh, the woman, where it was like the the yeah. shots were coming down over her face, and it's mm. like it looked epic, and it was all slow mo, neon lit, like just classic cyberpunk as a genre. Um, and then it like goes down, and you see that she's not actually like vulnerable or upset. She's actually got like mantis blades, and she's like yeah. been tearing into people. And mantis blades are like these swords that come out of your arms. So cool. But um, I remember like at the point I was like, this game's going to be amazing. Like CD, I was a bit of one of those people which probably should get into where like people just defend CD Projekt Red. They haven't even really done that much, but it's like, whoa, they're the best thing since sliced bread. These, these guys are amazing. These guys are amazing. So I was like, how can it possibly, how can it possibly go wrong? But sure enough, like that game is not great in my opinion. I think it's, I mean, part of me sort of wondered how could it possibly live up to the hype? I mean, how can, mm. the, the way that people online were screaming at each other about it and saying it was going to be the, the best, most realistic, immersive game ever. And and to be fair, I mean, that's what CD Projekt Red was saying. So you can kind of hardly blame them that they were so hyped up about it because you mm. know here's the developers of this like beloved franchise the witcher 3 like yeah, on yeah, most people's like games of the decade lists you know everybody talks about that when it, like it's one of the best games mm. ever made and here they are bringing out this thing which i mean mm. the trailers look they look amazing they looked amazing and the marketing material was pretty misleading but you can understand why people yeah. were so hyped up about it and i just kind of thought there's no way that it it could be as good as they're making it out to be. And it turned out not to be, but from a lot of critical reviews, it seems like it's a lot of people still really liked it, you know? Mm. So I think what my, my thing with cyberpunk is that it might, it might be my, my pet peeve with everything online. Like I've read, I've read loads load of reviews like since I didn't read them at the first cause I wanted to sort of make my own mind up. And I've watched videos and I've seen all the like viral Twitter tweets about like glitches and stuff like that. And I was sort of like, well, like, let's just get into it. And then I remember like people sort of saying that it's buggy because it's because it's over ambitious. Now, when I play that game, I can't see a sliver of ambition in the entire thing. I think I think it's I think it's one of the least ambitious games I've ever played in my life. But do you not think that it seems that way because it was so ambitious and they just couldn't pull it off and they had to pull the plug on loads of systems that they wanted to introduce or they just couldn't program them in a way that would be convincing and work within the world. Yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, you've got like you've got things like, for example, like the perk trees and stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's so many, but all of them are just like plus 5% headshot damage. Well, not all of them. There's like, yeah. there's like three abilities, I think, or four abilities. Uh, some of which work whenever they want to work, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but most of it's just like stat boosts. So like 
so, and it's the same menu system that looks like what happens when you go to a shop. So, <laughs> so like upgrading your perks is the exact same like red cyberpunky thing, which is also mm. the main menu and the save and load menu. It's like all the same. Yeah. And in the shops and stuff, for example, are just like they're just like thumbnails. So you go in and it's like they've got all these cool clothing. Mm. To be fair, like that's one of the things I really like about it. it's like the aesthetic, the clothes. Uh, you know, you can you can entirely customize your character and wear like a certain jacket with a t-shirt underneath, no t-shirt, no pants, just a jacket, whatever you want to do, just a hat. <laughs> but um, but it's a shame because when you go to the shops, they're sort of like the same thing everywhere. And equally, like on the shops for a start, it's weird weird where to start it. But you know, if you go into like the richer areas of uh, Night City. I sort of saw this shop and I was like, oh, I'll go into there. I haven't, I haven't bought any new clothes in a while. I feel like getting something. I've done a few quests. Like, what can I get hold of? And I went in. It was like it was like a corpo place, which is what they call them, which is like mm. the high executive sort of life. So I was like, oh, it's going to be like suits and stuff. Yeah. I went in. There was like torn American T-shirts and stuff. With like, I was like, why are these selling that? Do you know what I mean? It was like a person yeah. with like a really nice accent on the door, and I was like, oh, this is fancy. I was like, just like just... the world, the world building doesn't really like make sense no. in the context. Of... So I mean, should we sort of like walk it back a little bit? Do you want to sort of explain the outset of the game? Like, what's the setup for the plot? Like, what's the sort of core gameplay like? Uh, so you're you're a you're a mercenary, um, which which it's probably the most grounded mercenary character of any game in the sense that. Mm. When you're actually going around Night City, it's you're like you already have a reputation from the outset, and you build that reputation. But people mm. that offer you jobs depending on it. These people call fixers who like basically offer contracts. They take on jobs and then right. they find people to fill them. So the the better reputation you have, the more jobs you get. That to me is the the core of the of the character. And you've got these um these origin paths that you can pick. It's like yeah. nomad, corpo, and street kid. But ultimately, they come to a close like within the first half an hour of the game, and then They're set just you like off prologues. on the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They've got like yeah. they, they do. You can see this again. The ambition thing. You can see they've tried to incorporate like unique uh, speech and unique dialogue choices around it, but mm. it doesn't actually impact the game at all. So, like ultimately, you are just a mercenary that takes on takes on gigs and sort of goes yeah. gets around life. You have this like vision of um, you can either. I guess from the role-playing side of things, you can either uh, take on Arasaka and these other like corporate companies and you can be like, oh, I'm going to fight for the people that hate corporates. Every single time there's like a big, a big decision, you either get to like say that you're annoyed about the corporations or that you want loads of money. So you, that's the only role-playing <laughs> element. So, so, but none of them like change the decisions that are made. You're just like, oh, sure, I'll take that job. I want the money or, oh, sure, I'll take that yeah. job, stuff the corporations, you know? Well, that's, that's like a big part of The Witcher though, isn't it? That they, and that's something The Witcher does pretty well. Like, for example, I was, when I was playing it last night, I was in this, uh, this like tavern watching this woman, uh, play lute and sing a song. Mm. And towards the end, this woman across the room recognized me as being someone who murdered a bunch of soldiers mm. in a tavern in a completely different town about 15 hours earlier in the game. Mm. And in that encounter, I had had the option, which I think because I'm I'm not very good at any of the sort of negotiation in the game, I fucked it up and ended up having to kill all of them, which I d actually didn't want to do. I didn't want to get into a fight and I obviously like just couldn't read the room properly. So she came out and started going like, oh, you're a murderer, you're a murderer. And then everybody kicked off and I uh, started having a paddy over it and I had to go in the back room and get away from them. <laughs> and I thought, like, oh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Like that's when the game sort of started to click for me. I was like, oh, the, the fact that the combat shit in The Witcher isn't, it, that's not the point of the game. Mm. The point of the game is the, like the, narrative-led RPG side. So you would expect that it's something that Cyberpunk would do really well. Mm. But everything I've heard about it, they say that kind of like the dialogue trees and the potential ways that it can impact the overall story don't seem it, it, to make that much of a difference. There isn't There isn't a difference. So my biggest the biggest thing that's niggled me with this game is uh, you've... I mean, people know this stuff in the trailers, but you basically got an implant in your head, which is the, mm. the engram of Johnny Silverhand who's played by Keanu Reeves. So you got this like mm. person following you. He talks to you, but no one else can see him. He's just like influencing you and trying to make you do certain yeah. things, which really I think it was a really cool concept. But you, at the start, you sort of set out to to get him out of your head, 
and mm. and get back to how you were, which wasn't exactly a great life, just taking on a couple of rough jobs and making a few quid. But you seem passionate to want to get back to it, so fair enough. And you you come across this these these guys who have like a, a solution for you. They're like, well, this is what we can do. And then it comes up saying, oh great, like here's here's the access that you need. Or you can be like, oh, I'm gonna. I've got some other leads I want to work on, but I was just like, you know, I'll leave it and I'll go off because there's these other characters. The characters are amazing. There's other characters that I'd met that I was like, I want to go do stuff with them. Like, so I went off and did things with them yeah. and left this main quest for ages in the hope that like some of these quests would like lead to a solution that would mean that I didn't have to do that thing. So I yeah. went off and like, I like got my, got myself a girlfriend, did all of this stuff. Like I kept the getting... most important thing. <laughs> I can you be can you be my girlfriend? <laughs> Excuse me, will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> so I went off and like I completed loads of like the side quest uh, trees. To point where I was getting trophies, like you've completed that character, you've done this, you've done that, and I was like, oh, so now what? And like I was calling them and stuff after I finished the quest, being like, maybe I call them. And they'll be like, oh, did you hear about this? And they were just like, oh, hi, V, you all right? Yeah, see you in a bit. <laughs> and then it got to a point where the only thing that I could possibly do in the game, other than like sort of walk around and do random jobs and get chased by appearing police, was um, yeah. was go back to that person. So I had to go back to them and then just let them have access. So now what was the point mm. in the game even tell, even implying to me that I had another solution when... By the time I did all these side quests, by the way, there's loads of good character building side quests with Johnny Silverhand. So I went off and did them, and I was like, he's actually, I actually like him. Uh, yeah. And then by the time I went back, I had to pretend that I still was in that like phase of wanting him out of my head. So they were like, yeah, get this out of my head. I was like, why? He's well nice. Like, do you know what I mean? He's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going great, and you're trying to ruin this. <laughs> So do you, have you spent, you've spent a lot of time doing side quests and Yeah, yeah, I've, I, I think I've done, I've done most of them. There's one character that I need to like finish their trio. How many hours do you think you've put in? Uh, I think I've done 37 and I haven't finished. See, like the fact that you're nearly at the end of the game, you've done 37 hours and you've done what, you, well, you think you've done most of the side quests. I mean, like the main storyline and like the witch is supposed to be like 60 hours minimum, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like, how did they spend eight years making this game? Mm. It's completely undercooked. Mm. Uh, the campaign, I've heard that like the campaign without side quests, you can beat in like 20 hours. Yeah, I think you could. I mean, um, look at that point there um, where I decided that I wanted to go off and find a new lead. If I pursued that, I'd be where I was like two hours later. I'd, I'd, two hours later, I'd be at the point of no return where I'm about to complete the game. So yeah. it's a very short game if you actually go down the path, which is probably why that person mm. actually goes, I'm sure you don't want to go do some other leads because if people yeah. were like, no, I quite like you, they probably made them unlikable on purpose. Because if you just went with them, you'd have been done yeah. in like 15 hours. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, to be honest, I probably should have gone and checked to see how many potential endings there are because I have heard that there is more than one. Mm potential ending but because i'm lazy i didn't do that so i don't actually know how many endings there are but... yeah no i think there's like a few uh because i looked at i looked at why this quest that i'm at is the point of no return and then it i saw that there must have been about seven or eight um, so i mean it potentially has replay value depending on what the different endings are like because yeah. i mean they're saying that 79 percent of uh <laughs> the playership on steam has dropped off and obviously like you would expect the playership to drop off because yeah, people yeah beat a single player campaign and then they move on to something else but i mean for example like we were talking the other day about demon souls on ps5 like i beat that and then i immediately started playing it again i've beaten it like seven times <laughs> <laughs> i did nothing else but play demon souls for about a week so like i don't think it necessarily tracks that saying oh it's a single player campaign so the player's ship drops off that's kind of bullshit because if it's a really good single player campaign with a lot of replay value bearing in mind it's something that people have been waiting for eight years mm. to come out if it's worth if it's got that replayable value you go back in and you start it again you want to see the other endings you mm. want to do all the side quests that maybe you missed on the first time yeah so it's still not a good sign that 79 percent of people just fucking stop yeah, playing. yeah i mean put it this way with the side quests one of one of the things i i've picked up myself was that like the there's these there's side quests that feel like main campaigns. 
So they're really mm. polished. They've got characters that you would only meet that were really well written, really good dialogue choices. That you would only meet if you actually went down those side quest routes. And they don't, it's not like The Witcher where maybe there's a couple of side quests. It's not like maybe the Bloody Baron sort of level where there's like a tree that you can go down. Yeah. You know, that leads on to eight quests. Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of that from what, I, what I've seen. And I've done, because I'm a bit, mm. I try and complete those kind of things whilst I'm on the to-do list. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of that from what I've seen, but it's all really good. But then everything after that is absolutely awful to the point where it's like, it's just, imagine you're going down a road in your car and then you get a call from the nearest fixer, these contract givers, yeah. and they're like, oh, we want this person dead. They live in like this cafeteria. <laughs> they live in the cafeteria yeah. eating all the time. <laughs> I wish I lived in a cafeteria, Constant. but instead I just live inside this bin. <laughs> I've been stuck inside this bin for many years and I, I can't seem to get out. <laughs> the games, I mean, it's got 86 on Metacritic. Every review I watched made a point to kind of point out that CDPR had only given them the PC version yeah. and said that they could only use the supplied footage. So they knew that they were definitely scared it was going to get trashed. Mm. But I mean, people still seem to like it. So, like, is there is there anything that you think the game does like particularly well? Uh, I think it's the it's the the actual like conversations are the thing that I enjoy the most, which would probably take up the vast majority of the game as well. If you especially if you stick on the dialogue heavy yeah. sort of part of it, um, I think loads of the characters have written really well, and they have like unique motivations that potentially clash with like other characters that you've met from a different part of the world who don't put, like personally know each yeah. other. So you're sort of like, oh, where are they going? Does that not impact their lives and what about them and things like yeah. that? I think that those, those elements are really well written. And sometimes like, you know, you get into a car with a certain like an NPC or something and, you, you know, the cutscene per se kicks off and you're chatting. They either like look great and talk really well or they don't. It's sort of really inconsistent. There's sometimes where... You get into, I remember I went to like this BD um, club, which a, a BD is like a brain dance where like it's people like recording stuff, like people being killed or like having sex and stuff like that. And you get to go like mm. relive them. Um, and I went there and like there was loads of like really close, like one-on-one -on -one conversations where the graphics and the character models and everything were like so well done, like really well polished. And yeah. I'm on a PlayStation 4, original PlayStation 4. Um, but then there was other ones where you get into a car and like they look like flubber, <laughs> and they've got like <laughs> they've got like eyes coming out the face and <laughs> smokes flying everywhere, and, and it completely like breaks immersion. Like sometimes I found yeah. myself being like, "Whoa, this is well good!" Like sitting there with my controller, like really interested in what I was saying. And then there was other times where I was just like bashing circle to get through to get through what they were saying because I was like, mm. you, "You're annoying me now. You're annoying me with how ugly you are." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing with it. I mean, I I wanted to see how buggy it would be, but then it's also the kind of game where it seems like the immersion is the point. Yeah, it absolutely. And is. I think your first playthrough of any game tends to be what sort of defines it in your memory, mm. um, is how you kind of look back on it. And I didn't want to play it and think, oh God, remember Cyberpunk? That was hilarious. Yeah. I wanted to kind of play it the way it was meant to be played. And at least then I could make some sort of, um objective well objective as far as a, a subjective opinion can be conclusion yeah. on like whether it was good or not um yeah. but i mean like have you found that there's a lot of bugs and stuff in it i mean you obviously played it on the ps4 um so <laughs> the answer's probably yeah yes. i mean there is there is loads i mean at the point where i am i don't know what it is with the game but at the point yeah. where i am really late on it's like collapsing on itself <laughs> It's like got so bad. It's like it, a house of cards. It like gets it gets worse the like more you the more you find out, the worse it yeah. gets, like by a long shot. And everything's what? everything's sort of subjective on like you've I've found like that I've enjoyed the game better when like I treat it like I'm like a regular human being. Like yeah. and I like walk nice and slowly. I don't sprint, I don't run through a door, I don't want to do a quest yeah. too quickly. To the point where like I swear the game with cars was meant to be driven at the speed limit. So like what's the point? I bought this like car, a really expensive car. Uh it goes ridiculously fast. And if you if you get up to the sort of top speed, 
you just it just crashes <laughs> because so you start getting you start getting faster and then you see cars like spawning in in front of you but then eventually they spawn in right in front of you because you're getting too quick for the game <laughs> and then everything just freezes <laughs> i mean i've seen some i've seen some wacky shit online like bugs and compilation videos and you know for a game that sold itself on immersion you know, I've seen a lot of clips where your character's walking down the street and you see all these people in front of you, you pass them and then you turn and look behind you and they've disappeared because the game is literally can't keep up with processing how much stuff is in it. Yeah, yeah. So the minute you can't see it anymore, it disappears and it's like, well, that's not, I mean, maybe some people experience that in real life, but I've certainly never experienced <laughs> people just disappearing around me, even though we obviously live in a simulation. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's kind of like for a game that sold itself on immersion, you know, the fact that you can accelerate your car at, uh, up to high speeds and suddenly the game can't keep up with what's appearing yeah. and popping in and stuff. It's just like... It, it's it weird, it's weird that like there's another reason why I really believe the cars aren't meant to go fast. And like if you drive, I thought it was the car that I started with that it was annoying me. Like some of the roads just go on like really straight forever. Um mm. Uh, there's a road, for example, that starts in the Badlands outside of the city. You can see the city like slightly cloudy in the, on the horizon, and you're like, well, I'm just going to drive to it. This will be cool. So if you drive down this this road and it's slowly coming up, your car just gets up to full speed unless you manually want to stop. There's nothing in the road because no cars are spawning, so you're just going. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. But <laughs> once you once you get to like the fifth or sixth gear or whatever it'd be, uh, the the noise that it makes is just this monotone like. And you're like, what is this game? You're like driving, and there's just like this flat noise. There's nothing in the roads. You're sort of like trying to like have a nice moment of like approaching yeah. the city from a distance. You're like, this is ugly. Taking in the scenery. <laughs> it's like they, it's like they got to a point where they went, the cars go this fast, and then the game breaks. So don't worry about what they sound like <laughs> after that. You know. What I mean? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was probably that was probably the uh, the toilet cleaner. To be fair, I know what they're like. Well, I mean, they're not qualified to program <laughs> video games, so I mean, what can you expect? But you know, CDPR did what they could with the resources they had. Yeah, to be fair, they don't have a lot of money, which are, which are only sold a few copies. <laughs> well, I I watched uh, I think it was Futura Sound uh, or Futura Productions or a YouTube channel. And I, I like to watch videos um, by, and they kind of pointed out CDPR is like a huge billion dollar company but they're still technically like a polish indie studio yeah you know they're not like rockstar where they've got like studios all over the world and they can have like multiple productions at once like red dead redemption 2 was in development almost when they were still developing red dead redemption 1 hmm. you know they can sort of concurrently have that and divert resources like they were diverting resources from studios that shouldn't have been working on red dead yeah to get red dead finished yeah Whereas like CDPR aren't that they're I, as far as I'm aware they're just they're just based in Poland they're mm. just like a single studio, and I think for them to try and take on what they tried to take on with this game and try and create something that could compete with like a GTA Five or a Red Dead Redemption Two I think was maybe outside of what resources they had available to them. But the Witcher the Witcher stands toe to toe with GTA Four that was out at the time. Hard disagree. <laughs> Hard disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not? I, I right. I mean, right. The witch is the Witcher is good, but the fact it took me twenty hours to go. Oh, actually, no, I do enjoy this. Because everywhere I went, you know, I, all of the discourse around that game is like, this is game of the decade. It's incredible. You know, like it's so immersive, and it's just not. For example, there was one. Um, I went into a tavern. I was playing last night and I went into a tavern and I sort of looked to my left and there was some guy just sort of moonwalking on the spot and staring at me. And I like literally recorded it. I had to record. Was this in real life? You went, in, you went into a tavern and recorded it. I went man. into a tavern in real life <laughs> last night in the middle of a national UK lockdown and there was a man moonwalking and you recorded on the him. spot and staring at me. And so I got my phone out and I started recording it. <laughs> no, I was... <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the... You know, like, if you go up to an NPC and press talk, you'll just get the same line of dialogue over and over again. Right. You know, and <clears throat> for example, if you pull, right, 
you pull your sword out in the middle of a village and swing it a bit, people just sort of, like, they do what they do in cyberpunk. In the videos I've seen of people playing cyberpunk, the NPCs, if you fire a gun, they just crouch to the floor and start going, Aah! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do that in The Witcher, whereas if, you know, if, uh, for example, that beat-em-ups video, the review of cyberpunk, mm. where they're talking, they're comparing GTA 5's AI to... um to cyberpunks yeah. like if you go up and punch the side of someone's car or something they'll get out the car and sometimes sometimes the if it's a type of ai that is confrontational they'll try and kick yeah. the shit out of you sometimes they'll get out and run off screaming sometimes you know they'll do different things there's a lot of variation mm. it seems like even though eventually you're going to come across the same encounters repeatedly like in red dead 2 for example yeah. there's like a woman at the side of the road who screams for your help and you can choose to help her or not and then you take her on a horse and take her back to town first time i came across that it was across like a i don't know i was maybe like 30 hours in and i'd never seen it mm. but then 100 hours in later on i ended up seeing it again which breaks the immersion it's like oh this is just the same encounter but over a long period of time it took a lot longer mm. because there's so much variation in the ai and the programming that you uh you won't see it as often whereas in cyberpunk it seems like if you pull a gun out or in the witcher you do something all the npcs react in exactly the same way yeah unless it's a soldier and then the soldier will attack you you know the, it's very um it's very unsophisticated compared to the kind of stuff that you see in like a red dead that's not to say that yeah. rockstar's game design <clears throat> is incredible but they they clearly have the resources where they managed to pull off a world that is immediately much more believable and takes yeah. much longer to sort of break down and for you to see the strings behind it yeah. than in, say, like, what cyberpunk <clears throat> has turned out to be. Yeah. But then, he, yeah, I, I fully agree. But then do you not think... I mean, I, I, I don't claim to know anything about the video game business and how finance and stuff like that works. But I, I remember a lot of reports about how much The Witcher was making, especially when it was on Netflix. I had another spike where it was like one of the most played yeah. on Steam and stuff like that. And that was like four or five years after it came out. It was like really yeah. well received when it came out. Loads of people bought it. And I think that they should have the finances at least to upscale their ambition. And I don't think Cyberpunk has got any better than The Witcher, maybe. So you're right. Maybe yeah. now thinking about it, The Witcher has the same problems that Cyberpunk has, but it had them six years ago, seven years ago. Whereas well, that's, that's exactly it, isn't it? Cyberpunk's still in that situation. Um, so in, in, at the minute, as we come towards the end of a console generation, where we've had some of the most incredible games like we've seen in a lifetime, like Red Dead and Last of Us and all these things where they're so technically impressive, you, can't, you can't, almost can't get away with releasing a game like that, like in yeah. that condition, especially with so much hype. I mean, the budget that they had, they had Billie Eilish on the adverts. They had, they've got Keanu Reeves in the game. They've clearly got money, you know? Well, it, it's obvious that they've put a lot more effort into marketing the game than they have making sure it works. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm very cautious about trashing them because, I mean, I think there are companies that do far more egregious things like Square Enix releasing like looter shooter type shit with Avengers mm. and, you know, the EA and the Star Wars Battlefront games. Like that, that's garbage. Yeah. That, you know, there's like an undercooked six hour campaign and then tons of microtransactions and things that are just designed to extract money from players. Mm. At least with Cyberpunk, it's, it's a single player campaign with no microtransactions or any of that crap, you know, and it's unfinished and it's, ridiculous that it's taken eight years for them to release it in the uh, state it's in mm. but i still don't really want to shit on them for it because they'll obviously patch it out and improve it and it's been so it's been such bad publicity for them that it's it's obviously really damaged their public image mm. and i think like six months to a year down the line i think the game will be a hell of a lot improved i mean like do you remember no man's sky yeah, yeah. people were talking about that and I can't remember the guy who uh, runs that company, but he was, you know, really bigging it up um, yeah. in all the market. And, and then it released and it was just like this giant empty universe with nothing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's kind of hailed as like one of the best sort of, uh, one of the best sort of online games you can play because they put so much effort and resources into fixing it. And I think that Cyberpunk will go that way. Yeah, sort of. But I almost think that, you know, we were just talking about bugs and stuff there and you mentioned about the crowds. 
I actually don't think that the crowds is it's not it's not patches. It's actual game design. It's what it's something that they yeah. it's something that it's they've consciously the decided to do. Like they've gone like when they look over there, we need the crowd behind them to like disappear. They've decided mm. that if you park your car in front of another car, none of the cars have any idea how to get around that car. That like they'll just yeah. they'll just sit there because they haven't programmed anything else. They've programmed like a core basic level. So what is a patch when it's actually just patching a replacement gameplay code? And yeah. I, I don't think a lot of the game can be like properly replaced. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand game design enough to mm. comment on that. Perhaps they can't fully overhaul things that just don't work. Mm. I mean, there's still horrible bugs in The Witcher now. You know, um, I was playing the uh, the Crones of Crookback Bog yeah. quest, and after I can't even remember what I had to do. I, when I got back to the bog and met with a cutscene where they come out spoilers <laughs> for anyone <laughs> who hasn't played The Witcher, but they come out of the tapestry and and um, and speak to you. There was just no dialogue. Really? Uh, there was no dialogue. Actually, Geralt's dialogue still came in. There was subtitles. So I could see that they were talking. I mean, you can't tell. This is one thing that really bugs me about The Witcher is like all of the characters are really over animated. So they'll be standing sort of flopping around while they're talking <laughs> here to sort of indicate that they're the character that's talking when you're any sort of distance back from them that you can't see their mouth. Yeah, yeah. So they're sort of flopping about and the subtitles <laughs> on. And I'm like, I think I'm supposed to be hearing dialogue here but instead all i can hear is flies some sort of wind <laughs> and then occasionally no 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 lies occasionally i'll just hear like a <laughs> i'll be like i think i think what it is is it was like an like maybe they've tracked the vo- the dialogue on a couple of layers and pitch shifted it to make it sound really eerie because when you heard the voices it had that sort of like horror voice effect yeah. when i heard them earlier in the game so I think I was getting like individual bits of like audio from the dialogue track, but yeah, not yeah. the full dialogue track. <laughs> and I was, I was really pissed off because I saw when I first got to that part of the quest and then you're dealing with these three witches and they're in a tapestry mm. and they're talking to you through this woman. And it's like, it was like, like folk horror. It was like a really mm. good folk horror. It was like a Robert Eggers film. You know, it reminded mm. me of the witch. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm really digging this. I can't wait for this to develop. And then I got back and like all the dialogue broke. I couldn't hear anything and it ruined the immersion. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, this game came out in 2015. How has this not been fixed? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess maybe I'm being a little over optimistic when I say that maybe they'll fix Cyberpunk. They probably fucking won't. They've, fixed it, they've, <laughs> fi- they've actually fixed it a bit now to the point where when, when it first came out, when I first put the disc in on that first day and played it, I think I got like an hour and a half in and it as soon as you got out of the sort of tutorial the on the rails section and, mm. like, and they were like there's your car and like you press right the car doesn't even come like you press right again <laughs> where's the car you press is right like, you press is right it like again. the witcher <laughs> is it like the witcher where you whistle for your horse and it, it literally you is. whistle for your car <laughs> it literally is you press you right whistle for the, your car and it just it trots up to you the car just like appears like down down the road it's like they've got away with doing it what? because everything else is disappearing and appearing so you're like you can actually just be in the street and just go oh, i need my car press right here comes the car like there's no explanation there's no like there's no fascinating law behind why the car comes <laughs> it's just it, it's it's always it teleports in it's always around the corner plus like you get more cars so when you pre- if you hold right, you mm. can pick which car you want to turn up. So it doesn't even make sense that one car would always be around the corner. Like you can't have an army of cars That's like around the corner. <laughs> um, so can you carjack people? I you must be able to carjack. People. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. 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 And sometimes at, at first, like when I first left, you know, you get if you've got like a different body stat, you can break into certain to other people's cars. So if someone's coming down, they've got like a muscle car that looks a bit fast, you're sort of like, oh, I want to get that. At the start, I couldn't actually break into some of them because I didn't have my body stat high enough, so like the strength, which I actually really liked. I was like, that's a really good idea. I've never seen that before. Um, so I like chucked a bit into the body stat and I must have got it up like three points and I'm about level 30. So I haven't really afforded that much of my time and I've never been restricted from a car since the beginning of the game. 
Yeah. But, Do you find that the uh, like the skill trees are kind of worth investing in, or is it some of them? I find it kind of shallow. There's so many of them, and the menu's so ugly that when you go into it, it's sort of like it breaks them into like five sections. So there's like technical reflexes, body, um, and the and um, something else. And you, when you go into them, there's then like perks attributed to like subcategories. So if you go into body, for example, whilst we're on about that. It's like um, there's like a brawler one and then like an annihilation one. And the brawler one's all like fighting, which, by the way, I don't know why anyone would ever want to choose to do on that game. (laughs) And annihilation's a bit more like HP and like how many health points you got, like how how many bullets you can take, like how much you can carry and stuff like that. Um, But there's like two or three subcategories in each perk. So you have to like go into them and go into another one. There must be, I think... Um, there was about 13 different subcategories of perks. So I never really knew what I was like working towards because none of them really presented me like, <clears throat> for example, what they could have done is the Mantis birds are really cool. I was really excited to get them. And when I got yeah. them, I looked into the perk tree to try and find like a Mantis blade sort of way to go. Like there's one, there's one, there's one, but it's it's all in blades and the Mantis blades are just mixed in with everything but like there's no yeah. like recognizable progression as to a certain type of like play style for me um some of the more important ones are like headshots and stuff because at first like the bullets like these character the characters you're fighting are just like bullet sponges which is which is mm. fair because it's just shooting rpg game you know headshots don't kill them straight away that kind of stuff but you've got to invest in the the points to get your headshot percentage up but then yeah. the issue is that as soon as you do that it only takes you like three three four perks to boost your your headshot critical and then as soon as you get that you just you're gone i had a silent sniper that pretty much kills everything at this point yeah if i get him in the head especially if they don't see me first which is sort, breaks the game sort of cool but there's no there's no middle ground you go from like not being able to do anything to being able to like kill yeah. everyone and there's snipers which are like and this sounds cool. The snipers were, they're like smart snipers, so they like automatically hit them in the head. So what I can do is I can get a smart sniper, and with my character build now, I can just run around with a sniper, not aiming or anything, big heavy thing, running mm-hmm. around just going bam, 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 and the bullets like just fly and hit people in the head. <laughs> just steamrolling everything. Yeah. So I, do you think that's maybe like a bit of an issue with, again, going back to kind of what... CDPR promised that it was going to be it was going to be everything mm. that like maybe the, the gameplay elements just don't mesh that well like they tried to do everything mm. and ended up not doing any of it well yeah there's, there's just no yeah there's just no feeling of having something and then being like oh I wish I could do that and then slowly becoming like something yeah you just go, it just seems like you go from nothing to everything to be honest yeah, because uh, I mean, like that's what I love about the Souls games mm. is is the the actual building the character, like deciding that you're going to do like a strength or a dex build, and then you know slowly leveling up, putting your points into it, mm. so you can use the weapon that you want to use, and then leveling up that weapon, and then you know like you even if if you know if you know how to play those games, especially like Dark Souls One, a cu- within a couple of hours you could have game breaking. You could have a game break and build, but you really have to earn it. Mm, so yeah. it feels like it feels totally, it doesn't really matter that much that you steamroll everything in the game from that point, because you really, if you knew what you were doing, like you really had to work for it. Yeah. And that's yeah. really satisfying. Yeah. You needed a couple of playthroughs to get to that point of like understanding yeah. and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel, yeah, it, that game just completely miss, it misses any sort of like, progression and i was saying about the side quest before and it, it, it's very evident in the side quest in the sense that even the witcher got this right where if you if you want to go do a side quest you know like sort of what you're in for it tells you like how hard things are going to be what level they yeah. are very clearly whereas cyberpunk doesn't so it does give you like a vague idea it'll be like threat level moderate high or low things like this but they never really seem to correlate and, and I, I went into like a pub and i, I thought you know i'll pop in there and see what's happened. It was quite early in the game. And and then I got a call being like, oh, I need, to, I need you to assassinate this person. Um, mm. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I, I realized that there was quite, there was some clear like design to what I was, to where I was. So that the, the pub had a skylight. It had hatch yeah. on the top to break through. You could go through the front and kill everyone. It had a door at the back. If you had the technical ability high enough, you could go through the back to kill this guy who was in the kitchen. Um, 
But I, so I spent all this time being like, which way shall I go? And I, cl- I climbed onto the roof, but I did it like by going onto the, the freeway above it, then jumping down onto the roof, which, it, yeah. which d- it didn't look like I could get onto the roof otherwise, unless I had the double jump ability. Um, but then you go through the hole and then you're sort of in the kitchen area. I killed one person and then I went over to the guy and tried to grab him, but he doesn't let me, he doesn't let me grab him because I haven't got like a certain perk, which I've never understood why I'm not really allowed to grab certain people, to be honest. Um, so I grab him, he turns, pushes me away, starts shooting me. Everyone shoots me. I'm dead almost instantly. I managed to get one shot on him with a shotgun and I kid you not, his health must have moved like the smallest amount that even my TV didn't even process it. It was that small of a pixel. You know, it was just like I shot him right in the face with a shotgun. The health went down a tiny bit, and then the rest didn't bother. Yeah. But it took me like half an hour to to get there and think of all this strategy to get in. To only then realize that it's literally impossible for me to do, even if I come up with the right solution, because the game mm. didn't tell me that they're like level forty or whatever they yeah. are. You know what I mean? So it does. It doesn't clearly communicate like what it is that you're looking for. And if you look at your quest, you're not like that. Sounds really cool, but I need to go level up, or I need to go get a better gun and come yeah. back. There's no idea. There's, I have no idea what I'm working towards throughout the game. You know. So it's weird that they've sort of taken a step back in that respect. Yeah. Like, why have they not included things that they had already sort of solved mm. in previous games? Well, some of the early gameplay footage actually showed the enemies with levels and uh, proper health bars above mm. them with, like, names, sort of just exactly like The Witcher, but they've just got rid of them. I don't know why they'd get rid of that, because they must have some sort of level, you know? <laughs> I think all of it is going to, like, ultimately just has to chalk up to they've cut stuff out Mm. during a rushed and poorly managed development period. I mean, I think that's really what it seems. It seems like the whole thing was just really mismanaged. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's one really evident bit where there's like, there's quite a lot of this actually, but there's a perk, which is like, if you grab someone, you can hold them and then um, you can shoot the enemies. Oh no, no, sorry. It says there's a perk that you can get. If you grab people, it gives you a damage bonus whilst you're holding them to shoot other people. But it is literally mm. impossible for you to do that. But it says in, yeah, in, I've seen that. <laughs> in the image in the image of the perk, it even has you like holding someone and sort of like pointing a gun at an, another person. It's like, oh, get a damage bonus for this. Like this thing is impossible. But surely at one point that was possible, and they've just gone yeah. like, oh, get rid of that. But they've left. They've left that bit in. You, you know? can uh, you, you can get a perk uh, where you can upgrade your character to whistle, can't you? Yeah, <laughs> that'd get your car to turn up. That was. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you spend on the character creator? Uh, good like hour and a half, I reckon. Maybe even an hour. <laughs> and it was all for nothing because you can never see your character I, the game. <laughs> I like I, to be to be honest. I like didn't mind. I thought I saw. I saw her, I played as a girl, enough. Mm. Um, there was parts where you could you know, like go on the, you could go in the mirror. There were certain like new chapter starts where you started in the mirror and it reminded you what she looked like. When you're like yeah. equipping guns, you always see her. So you can't actually get away with equipping guns without going into the menu, which has your character wearing all the clothes. So you can sort of tell yeah. what you are without sort of seeing yourself. Yeah. And in a weird way, I mean, again, it's, it's quite like real life because I don't see myself often. Do you know what I mean? But I see my arms. <laughs> I do because I'm on ket all the time. I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm just floating outside. That was a joke. I'm not actually on ket all the time for anybody. Mom, mom, I don't take ket. I'm sorry. I love you. So yeah, yeah. Cause I was talking to my girlfriend about uh, the character creator because you can, uh, there are willies in this game. You can choose your willies or your vaginas, but there's only one. There's only one foof. Yeah, I'd call it. I call them schmooze. Schmooze. <laughs> Did you give your character a schmooze? Yeah, she's got a schmoo. She's got a schmooze, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. I just I think you know, it's like why? Why are there two dicks and one schmooze? <laughs> I, I mean, like, I can't, I, I want to move on, but like. Uh, I think I like maybe wanted to kind of finish by just sort of like asking, you know, when you watch kind of like Blade Runner, it sort yeah. of has that um, that sort of traditional sci-fi uh, element interrogating something about like our kind of modern society. It has some sort of like weightier sort of themes about like the human condition and stuff like that, you know, like is Deckard a replicant, like that kind of thing. Yeah. They were really pushing this element of sort of like, you know, in the future you can be anything you want and gender isn't... Uh, 
isn't a factor or any sort of limitation you know and body modification and that like do you mm. think that they tried to do anything like that in the story or <clears throat> is it kind of shallow and just sort of like this is a cyberpunk world and you're a criminal i mean <laughs> or whatever it is that you are i mean i'd say the story itself of, of johnny silverhand does sort of pose science fiction uh personality who are you sort of descriptions mm. where you know like there's opinions where johnny silverhand will say something and they tee it up where it's like you're gonna you're going to become johnny silverhand he's going to take over you and he's talking to yeah. you and you start to like him and then you start to agree with him and then do hit things that he sorts of wants you to do yeah so you lose where you set off as v and you become v forward slash johnny silverhand doing johnny yeah. silverhand's bidding so there's that kind of like there is definitely an element of like personality and how science can alter someone's personality and that that whole plot it's not just that one chip it's there's a there's a core plot line around that yeah around corporates trying to turn people into certain certain personalities for their own gain um that's where all that comes from so i, I think it's got the you know the classic cyberpunk uh, themes into it and there's a lot of side quests for example there's one with a pop star who like um wants to she has a lot of suspicions about her manager um but she's just like completely robot um, yeah and then spoilers she when how i did it anyway she ended up like killing him and then when you go in you're sort of like whoa no like bloody hell like is everything okay and then she sort of like just was like yeah couldn't care less and then you're a bit like oh you know what I mean? Mm. So they've got like a lot of those kind of androidy themes as well of like, yeah, how far can that go and how how empathetic? Do you think it does it well? Be? I think it does. I think it does it well. Yeah, it doesn't do it extremely Fair. well. Yeah, and there's a lot of source material to be referenced, uh, but it does oh, it well. I would yeah. say I would say maybe in summary that one of my only things with it is the aesthetic and how the overall game, the laziness and the bugs can actually actually completely break the immersion. Um, f- one of my things was when there was like a parade. This was a really standout setting for me. I was like, whoa, there's suddenly like loads of people on screen. They were everywhere. to the point where you couldn't even get past some people. Yeah. And you're bursting through this parade and there's these like fish uh, and dragons like coming mm. through the streets and you're like, supposed to be about 500 feet up on like um, some bridges going across different skyscrapers. It's proper, proper cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, it sounds very fish, Blade Runner. Yeah, and the fish are like coming down. It's like really cool. And then you're like, right, you've got to follow the guy you're with. And then the fish just start going through the bridges. And then I went off and like killed someone. Um, and then I turned around and the fish, so these hologram really, these really pretty hologram light up, like beautiful setting fish literally by the way just turned into fish they, they, there was a fish model underneath the skin <laughs> so so the what? fish the fish that was flying through the air right as a hologram turned into a fish <laughs> it sounds like you had some sort of psychotic break while you were playing, <laughs> while you were playing. <laughs> like just sort of trailed off into a weird paranoid rant about fish no and then there was a is this a bug no I, th- I don't know i think so but at this point what what's a bug and what's a gameplay decision maybe it was a story mm. arc mm. um but it's it sums up cyberpunk for me in the sense that it's so broken that even the things that it sets up that you really really want to enjoy and you get yourself so excited about yeah. are broken and then you come out of it being like what have i just done like, it didn't just turn into a fish for a second. It stayed as a fish. And then the dragon was a dragon. So it's like, why have they even programmed an actual fish? Why don't you just put a hologram in it? It's a fish. It's a fish. <laughs> it's a fish. We're going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut just this bit of the podcast up and put it up as our first uh, YouTube highlights reel. Just, just, just Matthew going, it's a fish. It's a fish. So, yeah. I mean, I think like we've basically provided the definitive review on cyberpunk that sort of cancels out all other reviews of cyberpunk. I think there's some, that's some high level journalism we've just put together. And I think, yeah. I think if anyone needs an expert opinion on, on this game and where it's at, this is the source material that will stand for years. I think we've basically created something that stands as a testament to why the internet <laughs> should never have been created because it, it's giving pe- idiots like us <laughs> <laughs> a platform so i mean like this is the button chops podcast um where to northern saddos so obviously we have to give it a rating out of uh sausage and bean melts the classic that's my favorite type of greg's pasty 
all Northerners only eat Greggs. We get Greggs rations from the government and we live off pasties. <laughs> so how many, uh, how many sausage and bean melts out of 10 would you give Cyberpunk? Six and a half sausage and bean melts. That's pretty harsh. That's a pretty, that's a, that's where it is. That's, that, that's just the way it's gotta be. <laughs> that's where it is. It's a fish. It's, it's a, a fish. fish. <laughs> it's a fish and it's six and that's, Cyberpunk 2077, everybody. It's a fish and it's six and a half sausage and bean melts out of 10. Now it's time for our classic beloved segment we call Raj Recommendations, where each week one of us picks an out there, little known or just plain weird game and presents it on the pod. If you're not up to speed with Geordie or Northern slang, and why would you be? If uh, something's like weird or mental, you'd go like, oh, that's Raj. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you Google it, actually, I took the liberty of Googling this earlier because even though I say Raj all the time, actually having to articulate it out loud yeah, is To be fair, you need, an Ox- you need an Oxford dictionary definition of this word. To well, sort of it's just it's it. funny that you say that because Oxford dictionary defines Raj <laughs> as an informal Scottish word, a wild, crazy or violent person. So with that in mind, here's our segment, Raj Recommendations, or Wild, Crazy, or Violent Person Recommendations. (laughs) Matthew, you've got a recommendation for us this week. What is it? I have indeed. Um, As gamers, quote unquote, we all like to immerse ourselves in the shoes of characters and experience worlds via the powers of others. Whether it be Kratos' incredible and destructive powers in God of War, the bad boy turns good guy sensitivity of Arthur Morgan, or the complete reverse of that in Ellie from The Last of Us. They all, however, have give us a, re- a relatively relatable protagonist in the sense that they at least have limbs. I have a game for you, Chris, that <laughs> will stretch the very reaches of your imaginative relativity and afford you the ability to converse deeply with an animated friend. I present to you, my name is Mayo. <laughs> What? <laughs> Mine, hang on, let me Google it. <laughs> My name is Mayo. I just want to say, stirring prose there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you were painting me a picture with your words. Oh my God, what the fuck is this? <laughs> is this by any chance a game where you play as a jar of mayonnaise? So it's a point and click adventure, per right. se. But I didn't really adventure much further away from staring at my controller smashing X. So this game is, there's a, ma- there's a tub, tub of mayonnaise in the middle of the screen. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a cursor, and I don't know why there's a cursor even there, to be honest. Right. So that you're, you're a cursor, and you just click the mayo a few times, and it unravels certain plot lines. So, for example, you bash it 10 times, you unlock uh, a plot line. If you then change its outfit... So it might have a guitar, it might have like a nice hairstyle, mm. it might have a bikini. You start hitting it a bit more and you unravel like a deeper, more existential <laughs> line from the tub of mayo. By any chance, <laughs> did you make this game? <laughs> Is this a game? Are you trying to push a game that you've made yourself onto me? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, I, by the way, as well, this, these are some of the easiest trophies I've ever, I've ever achieved, and I feel very proud to f- have them in my trophy cabinet. Um, it took me 55 minutes-ish to, to get black. platinum. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> um, I, I, at one point, I just smashed the X on the Mayo right. so many times that I was getting trophies too quick for the PlayStation to tell me what trophies <laughs> there were. So it was like a backlog of trophies. <laughs> You had to pause the game for a minute and just let the trophies play out so your your PlayStation doesn't overheat. For reference, I've platinumed God of War and it took me 113 hours to do that. Yeah, well, I've platinumed My Name is Mayo and it took me 55 (laughs) minutes, mate. Just to paint a picture for uh, people out there, I'm looking at promotional material for My Name is Mayo on Steam and it basically looks like just an advert for mayonnaise. (laughs) With the tagline, mayonnaise taken to the next level. And uh, like, a, like a 50s housewife holding a spoon saying, I wish my man was this smooth. Which I, I think to myself quite often. So this game really sounds like it's up my street. So I wanted to read a... Oh, dogs are mental. <clears throat> I wanted to read a plot line that I unraveled from a various uh, adventurous clicks of mayo. Um, when I was a young kid, I wanted to be a rock star. I can relate. I can relate to that. My dad wanted me to be like him. 
an ordinary mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm like, oh, class, I want to know where this one's going. The next one, I have to hit X 400 times on the mayo. I've got to hit him whilst he's, he's his label says ordinary mayonnaise. So I've got to right. hit him 400 mm. times or something to unlock the next bit. So I had some identity issues. I don't want to be a top seller mayonnaise like him. Smash the mayo a few times. Mm. I just want to play my guitar with my glam style. <laughs> mayonnaise gets a guitar, he gets a guitar. Uh, I'm on the edge of my seat here. Literally. In the end, my dad supported me, but now I want to be a mime. That's it. And, that's what, and that to me, that to me is one of the best conversations I've had in, in person with anything, in person with a mayonnaise mm. since 2019. Well, I haven't really conversed much deeper than that with anyone in quite a long time. So, Well, we've all been going through tough times recently. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't understand anything that you just said to me, um, <laughs> but thanks for your recommendation. That was, that was your Raj recommendation for the week. I'm going to go away and, and platinum. My name is Mayo for 55 <laughs> minutes. If I get anything less, anything slower than 55 minutes, um, I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll be ashamed. So have you been playing anything else or... This is, this is down in my notes as, what else have we been playing slash watching four to five minutes? So if anybody <laughs> has any ideas for what we can name this segment, because we, you know, we kind of like ran out of ideas at Raj Recommendations, uh, let us yeah. know. <laughs> our, creative, our creative endeavors came to an end. They burnt out. Mm, there's only so much that two people can, can do, especially when they're living on a diet solely of sausage and bean melts. It really impairs your <laughs> brain function. <laughs> you, so, so yeah, what, have you, what else have you been playing? Or watching or um, anything? I've been playing uh, Nino Kuni 2. I have never good. heard of that. Dog's got my phone. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> if you want. <laughs> so I took it off him. Um, Nino, Kuni, Nino Kuni 2 is a, a RPG, which is designed artistically by Studio Ghibli. Um, All right, cool. So it's got like nice little cute monsters it's like pokemon meets final fantasy the studio ghibli like tinge and the story itself was like really cool i really liked it i've never played it so i played nino kuni the first one mm-hmm. um and that was actually a playstation 3 game remastered on the playstation 4 so it is it has aged a bit yeah. it sort of feels like it rem- it's so simple in in an essence it sort of reminds me of like playstation 1 days like playing like um like toy story or something like that or rugrats oh yeah you know? Everything's just really Sick. slow and sort of like yeah. cutesy, but uh, it's really good. It's, um, it's a story about a boy who goes to a different dimension to sort of save his mum, basically. Sick. <laughs> to everybody listening, this is uh, that's Matthew's dog Finn. He's saying hello. Yeah. He's, he's the third host. <laughs> he's the third host. Once we've eventually, once we've, once we finally succeeded in teaching him to speak, which will be soon, he will mm. be joining the podcast. Yeah, I reckon it'd be pretty soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had him on. I had him on. My name is Mayo. A bit yesterday, just smashing mm. X for me. You needed like, to go to the toilet, so he took over yeah. for a bit. Yeah. I was like, "Come on, get off your pop." <laughs> um, but yeah, Nino Cooney's really good. Um, been watching Queen's Gambit. Finish that. Yeah, I, I one still of, need one of to watch TV that. Things. I thought it was one of the best TV shows I've seen in ages. But. Um, we'll get back to that when you, when you watch it. Yeah, I, 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 I just need to set aside. I could probably binge it all in a day. How, how many episodes is it? Seven, I think. All right, cool. Yeah, I've heard so much good stuff about it, and I don't know why. When it first came out, I was still re-watching The Sopranos, which mm. I recently finished. Um, so I kind of, I should catch up with that. Um, mm. <clears throat> well, I've been playing The Witcher 3, as we've established, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and loads of Dark Souls. Well, I, you know, I played Demon Souls um, seven times back to back, the remake for PS5, and decided this is too much. I need to stop, otherwise it will just consume me. And I'll end up hating it. And I don't like doing that where I kind of play, play something or watch something so much that I end up hating it. So I've put that aside. But I just uh, finished this week Ghost of Tsushima which I had not, I decided not to get when it came out because I'm so fucking sick of open world games with, mm. you know, maps full of map markers. And I was really put off by it, but repeatedly I kept hearing that it was one of the best games of the year, even though it got really mediocre reviews. 
and I can confirm it is one of the best games of the year. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, it's a little yeah. slow to start. The first act of the game is kind of uh, the plot doesn't seem very interesting, and there's a lot of sort mm. of busy work. If you get through the first act and then just focus on the, the main story on the last two acts, it's like it's got one of the most emotional endings to a video game I've played in a long time. And I just yeah. loved it. It had a great story and it's hands down, I would say easily the mo- the best looking game I've ever played. I think it's mm. just stunning. Like the, the open world is beautiful to the point where yeah. you kind of like... A lot of open world games, you'll play them for a while and you get used to the aesthetic and then you stop sort of noticing how good it looks. But throughout Mm. a nearly 40 hour playthrough, even towards the back end of the game, I was still having to stop and just sort of take in the environment because it was just, it looked so good. Isn't it really inspired by like um, Eastern Mount paintings and stuff like that? It's heavily, it draws on uh, Akira Kurosawa, mm. uh, the sort of the quintessential Japanese film yeah, director. Yeah. Uh, it draws on his sort of visual style from like his later sort of color films like Ran. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, like in the same way that like so, some like Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi Star Wars films, like they sort of do that where it's a lot of like deep reds mm. and it's very striking visually. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It doesn't have super realistic graphics, but it has a really distinct visual style. Mm. And each area of the map that you come into has a really distinct uh, identity to it. So mm. as you progress through the game, like the sort of the environment keeps changing. And every time you come into a new environment, it's just stunning. Yeah, I've used I used the photo mode on it. Mm. A ridiculous amount of times because I would be running through the world. And I'd be like, "My God, this looks amazing!" And I just stop and spend like twenty minutes, like taking a taking a photo that yeah, nobody yeah. will ever see. Yeah, because yeah. it's just on my PlayStation. But in fairness, uh, I did play it on PS Five, and they sort of gave away um, like a free upgrade for PS Five players. So it's in sixty frames and four K. So I think if I'd maybe picked it up on the PlayStation 4 at launch. I might not have felt it that way about it as much. Mm. But definitely in 60 frames on the PS5, it looks incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, everyone go play Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> I loved it. And everyone go play My Name is Mayo. Everybody go and play My Name is Mayo right now. <laughs> I want to see those Platinums. Turn this off and go and play My Name is Mayo, God damn it! <laughs> what are you doing already? They won't even got to this bit, mate. I introduced it so well that they've already clocked off. We can do whatever yeah. we want at this point. When when I when I edit this episode, I'm just going to take that that whole section and put it right at the start <laughs> because it's really the only thing people want to hear. <laughs> so that was the first episode of uh, the Button Chops podcast. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, my name's Chris. My name's Matthew, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at at Button Chops Pod. Or Instagram, the same um, same handle. Uh, leave a review if you enjoyed the episode. I have no idea how the reviews work, as I have never done it for another podcast, and I shouldn't admit that as someone who's making a podcast. <laughs> but I trust you to figure it out. So go do that. Um, I also make YouTube videos um, under the guise of an animated head, uh, which, saying it out loud doesn't really explain it very well but check it out on youtube it's little davy reviews things Um, it says enough mate it says enough i do youtube videos and animated head well i'm in playing my name is mayo i'm watching an animated head that's like what everyone's doing the saturday night or whatever whenever this goes out (laughs) this is just totally falling apart (laughs) we're just sort of devolved into nonsensical rambling at this point so thanks a lot um and we'll see you next week Bye.